This morning, man, we had a great time in worshiping. We just had a good time in meet and greet, and we did a thing where everybody shares their favorite Christmas song. So if you're tuning in online right now or a little bit later, why don't you, in the comment section, write down your favorite uh, Christian Christmas song. So I know Jingle Bell Rocks might be one of them, but something about Jesus. <laughs> your favorite Christmas uh, Christian song, we'd love to hear from you in the comment section as well. And man, we're winding down, uh, getting closer to Christmas. And uh, I mean, I was thinking about the weather. I was like, I think we should pray for the weather. I think we should pray that she gets saved so she could get some stability and consistency in her life because she don't know she want to be hot or cold. Yesterday, like in the morning time, it was like 75. And I'm like, oh, it's going to be a warm day. And then I was in here for a, for a while yesterday, and then when I walked outside, I said, now what in the world happened? It, started, it was, I was like, I think I need a jacket. And then a little bit later, we left the house, and I was like, no, nah, this, can't, this can't be the same day. That it was 75, and then like, what, did it drop to the low 60s, 50s last night? Something like that. And I was like, this is crazy. It's bipolar. It needs deliverance. <laughs> but, uh, but hey, we're here. Amen. Amen. And I'm excited to uh, share this message with you guys today. Uh, this is something that I feel like is not preached about a lot, but it's a, it's a topic or a phrase that we all hear, but sometimes we really don't know what it means. And, <coughs> excuse me, we're going to open up in a word in prayer and then we'll dive right in. Amen? Amen. Amen. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence. Lord, we honor you. We thank you so much for who you are. Thank you that you're in the midst with us today. Speak to our hearts clearly. Let them be open and attentive to receive from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And there are many expressions of Jesus that we can know him as. There's many expressions of Jesus that we can know him as. We can know Jesus as provider. That's a good one to know Jesus as, provider. How many of you know him as provider? We can know Jesus is healer. That's a good one to know him as, is healer. We can know Jesus as protector. That's another good one to know him as. Protector. We can also know Jesus as our shield. Same thing kind of like our protector, as our, our place of refuge. But on the good one to know him as, the one you need to know him the most as is your savior. You know, the thief at the cross, at the end of his life, he came to find Jesus as Savior, and he slipped right into eternity and he slipped into heaven because he came to know, hey, even in the last seconds of my life, I recognize this is an innocent man, and I need to know him as Savior. He said, remember me when you enter into paradise. And guess what? He was with Jesus in paradise. But he knew him as Savior. But there's one that we, feel we really neglect to know Jesus as, and that's a shepherd. So the title of today's message is, Is Jesus Your Shepherd? Is Jesus Your Shepherd? And again, just a reminder, the notes are online uh, uh, on our app. You can go to our app right now. You'll see the line, the, uh, the sermons for the message there, Is Jesus Your Shepherd? But if you're going to live a long life, you need to know Jesus, not only as Savior, but as Shepherd. He needs to be the Shepherd over your life, more than even Savior. Savior is just, that's the basics. That's, I need Jesus. Yes, we need him to forgive our sins. I know him as Savior, 
bam, we need that. But if you're going to live a long life, you need to know him as shepherd. And these are some ways that I know him as shepherd or I know him as Lord over my life. Because when Jesus becomes your shepherd, it just means that he's Lord over your life. That means that he leads your life. And these are some ways that I know him as Lord. The first one is this, is that we establish that he is Lord through the tithe. That's like a basic principle. And you know why I believe, well, let me say it this way. There are 7, 000, over 7,000 promises in the Bible. Did y'all know that? There's over 7,000 promises. I think it's like 7,147 or something like that. It's over 7,000 promises in the word of God. And boy, you can pick and choose what promises you want to. But the tithe is the only one that he said, put me to the test in this regard. And see, I won't open up a door of blessing that you can't contain. That is the only one of all the promises that he said, put me to the test in this area. And I believe he did that because he knew the condition of our hearts. He knew when it comes to money, we get a little funny. When it comes to our money, oh, I play about a lot of things, but I don't play about my money. And I believe he knew the condition of our hearts. So that's why he said, I know it's going to be difficult for you to be Lord over your finances and over the tithe. So that's why I'm telling put me to the test. And when he becomes Lord over the tithe in your life, you begin to see blessing because it's a principle that it works. God's promises and principles, they work. And if you put them into practice, it produces fruit. But he says, this is the basics. Can I be Lord over the tithe in your life? So that's the first way we know him. Ways that I know him as Lord is is he's established as Lord through the tithe. Second thing is we submit to spiritual authority. When we submit to spiritual authority and to a local church, what happens is we come under a covering. And you come over under a banner of protection. And that's why it's so important that whatever church you decide is your home church, you submit to that local church. Because there's a covering there. And when you, people, and I'm not picking on people, and, but if you keep jumping from church to church, uprooting yourself, you're leaving yourself without a covering. But when you submit to a church and you say, this is the place that I'm going to call my local, there's a covering. There's a protection there because the spirit of the Lord dwells in his temple. Yes, we are his temple, but in the body, when we come together in the local church, the, the spirit of the Lord hovers and he dwells there and he speaks there and he moves there and there's protection there. And he says, when you come under that, now you're displaying that you're Lord. I'm Lord over your life. It's submission. The, second thing, the third thing is we observe the Sabbath. We need to learn how to rest. That's one of the things that, that it's kind of hard for us because we feel like we got to work, 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 work. And working is great. But we need to learn how to rest. It takes faith to believe that God could do more in six days what you could do in seven. Ask Chick-fil-A how it's going. It takes more faith to believe that God could do in six days what you could do in seven. But you have to let the Lord, Lord you're the Lord of the Sabbath. You're the Lord of rest, and I'm going to partake in that, and I'm going to show that you, Lord. So it doesn't matter what day it is. You just say, this is the day that I'm just going to dedicate to the Lord, and I give the Lord this Sabbath day. And when you do that, you honor him. It shows you that, hey, he's Lord over my life. And those are just three simple areas that we show that God, Jesus is my shepherd when we submit to those things according to him. And like I said, we hear preachers say it all the time, the Lord is my shepherd, and everybody gets to screaming and hollering, but what in the world does that really mean? 
Everybody gets so excited, and we get to jumping around. The Lord is my shepherd. I, I shall not want. And then, yeah, hallelujah. And then you're like, okay, but what does that really mean? Have you ever asked yourself that? When, they start, when, when people start shouting and they say, oh, the Lord is my shepherd. Okay, what does that mean? Well, that means he's the head of my life. Okay, what does that mean? And, and, and you could, they could kind of get dumbfounded and get frustrated because they really can't pinpoint what exactly it means. So today we're going to highlight what Jesus as my shepherd, what that really means. Y'all ready? All right, we're going to start in Psalms chapter 23, verse 1 through 3. And I'm reading out in the ESV, so it might be a little different uh, from yours. But it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. We're going to get back to that in a second. Let's go over to 1 Peter 2, chapter 25. And again, I'm reading out of ESV as well. It says, for you are straying like sheep. But have now returned to the shepherd and the overseer of your souls. We all have a tendency to stray from the shepherd. It says it right there. You were once like sheep who wandered away. We are like sheep, y'all. We all have a tendency to stray away from the shepherd. We stray away from our rest. We stray away from the shepherd, which is our peace. We stray away from the shepherd, which is our joy. But when we, stay, when we stray away from the shepherd, we stray away from his leading. When he is truly shepherd over our life, that means that he's leading us. And when we stray away, that means that there's, he's no longer leading our life. We're leading ourselves. And when we lead ourselves, what it does is it leads ourselves up, open to all types of destruction and attacks of the enemy. We're going to get into that a little bit later. But the Lord is saying, if you want to be under my protection in my green pastures, you have to be under my leadership. You have to allow me to lead you. You have to be open for me to lead you. But the thing is that we want to lead ourselves. We feel like we know what's best for our lives. And when the shepherd comes along and, and says, this is what I want you to do, you say, you know what? I think I have a better plan, God. And we wander away. We wander away from the shepherd and his protection and his guidance, and then we look up and we say, God, how did I stray so far away from you? It's because we all have a tendency to wander, and it can happen so quick. You can wander so quick. So we're talking about sheep. Let's look at characteristics of a sheep. I looked this up, and some scientists, they were doing study of, sheeps, of sheep, and they weren't even trying to be spiritual or biblical when they came up with this. But it says that, what are characteristics of sheep? Sheep are humble animals. What is that? God wants us to be humble, and it takes humility to follow the shepherd. It takes humility to say, God, I'm going to surrender my life to your shepherding. I'm going to surrender my life to your leading. Because pride comes in and says, I know a better way. Pride comes in and says, God, I know that I prayed about this, and you gave me this answer, but I don't think I want to do that. I want to do this. How many times have we prayed to God for something? He's given us the answer, and we say, eh, I don't like that. I'm going to do this anyway. What is that? That's pride. We're not humbling ourselves to his leadership. We're not humbling ourselves to the shepherd. It says sheep are humble, humble animals. Also, what's another characteristic of sheep? They are usually very quiet and gentle. Gentleness is a fruit of the spirit. 
It says we should be wise as serpent and harmless as doves. It also says sheep hold themselves apart from the world. Doesn't that like us? We live in the world but not of the world. Same things as sheep. So what are some behaviors of sheep? Sheep, when they are in their banding together in large groups, they do that because it protects them from predators, which will go after outliers of the group. So sheep, when they're in large groups, they love to stay together because what it does is it keeps them protected from predators. And when they stray away, the ones that are outliers, they can get attacked by predators. So sheep, they say, you know what? We know that we're stronger when we're together. So we have to, doesn't that sound like believers? Aren't we stronger when we're together? But when you get off strangled away, guess who comes? The predators. We have to watch out for that. It says sheep are very social animals. Sheep require the presence of four or five sheep when grazing together to maintain a visual link to each other. So if they do separate in smaller groups, it's still they have to be in groups of four or five. And it says that they have to keep a visual eye on each other so they can keep it, so they'll know, hey, we're in this together. They never let themselves become isolated. Because that's us. We need community. That's a great example of why you need community. We're just like sheep, y'all. You never thought you were like a sheep. But that's us. We need community. And when you get in a group of four or five other strong believers that can encourage you, guess what? It's easy to say, watch out, there's a predator. Watch out, there's danger over there. And they keep an eye on each other, and they can watch out and have each other's backs. But they do that because they're in that together. So what does a shepherd do for a sheep? The shepherd's primary responsibility is the safety and welfare of the flock. Some flocks may include as many as 1,000 sheep, and the shepherd will graze the animals, herding them to areas with good forage and helping keep a watchful eye for poisonous plants. That's what the shepherd does for the sheep. So the, from what we just learned about the behaviors of sheep, and what the shepherd does for a sheep, these are two enemies of the sheep. The first one is the predator. It says the sheep like to stay in packs because they can keep a watchful eye on predators. So the first enemy of a sheep is predators. What is the predator? That's the devil. So we need to be in community together so we can keep a watchful eye of the predator, which is the devil who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he will love nothing more for you to get away from the flock so he could get you off to yourself. Oh, that flock. You're not like that flock. You don't have to be a part of that flock. Why don't you just graze by yourself? Stay a little bit in the back of the pack. Go graze in this area over here. Look how green this grass is over here. But that leads us to the second enemy of the sheep, and it says poisonous plants. Poisonous plants, it looks like green grass, but it'll kill you. That's the job of the shepherd. The shepherd is to identify when they're grazing, hey, these are poisonous plants. Let's get, let me get the sheep away from this plant because I'm protecting them and they're in my flock. But if they get away and they don't have a shepherd to lead them, they'll say, oh, that's some good grass right there and they'll eat it, but it's poisonous and it'll kill them. That's why we need the leading of the shepherd in our lives so he can say, no, 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 don't go over that. That's poisonous. I know it looks green, but it's poisonous. So what is that really? That's false doctrine. That's false. You need a shepherd to help you distinguish what's false doctrine or not. Because we're living in the times now where people will say anything that sounds like the truth to gather a following. They'll say anything that it, it sounds very, ear, uh, very close to the truth. And they'll say anything they can because what they're trying to do is, is draw a big following. 
And they're trying to get as many people as they can. But the thing is, is that it will kill you. False doctrine. You know, you ever, ever met someone that was a believer and they were a strong believer? And then all of a sudden you meet them, see them a little bit later, and then they're off. And you're like, what in the world happened to Sister Smell Fungus? She was, she was such a solid lady. What happened to her? A little false doctrine get in there and you get off. Poisonous plants. No shepherd. We need a shepherd. Amen. Now, the problem is that with sheep is that, or I'm talking about us, the problem is that we as sheep, we want. It says we read there, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not. But guess what we do? We want. <laughs> we want. We want things. We want things that the shepherd has not given us. We want jobs that the shepherd has not given us. We want positions and titles that the shepherd has not given us. We want relationships that the shepherd has not given us. And though it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The problem is we want stuff. And the sheep, that's what get us off. Why do we start to wander? Because we want stuff. We want. That's what gets us off. We want. And the shepherd says, you know what? I'm not, I, I didn't give that to you. But we never go to the shepherd to say, because like, but this is what I want. So just because this is what I want, it must be good because God will give you the desires of your heart. Yes, but did the shepherd open that door for you? Did you know that every opportunity is not of God? The enemy can open up disguises for you, just like those poisonous plants, the predator. The enemy can open up things for you as well. He can't recreate what God does. He can't create anything original. All he could do is, do, all he could do is create counterfeits. So he'll create counterfeit opportunities that look like God, and then you'll bite at it, but the shepherd is like, I never gave you that opportunity. So he'll present a relationship. Oh, this must be God because this person came out of nowhere. That's my knight in shining armor. Oh, my God, the Lord didn't set him apart for me. Counterfeit. Be careful. Oh, I can't believe. Oh, look at her. The Lord has spared her for me. All these other guys are after her, but she only has eyes for me. I mean, I know a lot of guys still date her and take her out, but she's always... Be careful. Counterfeit. The enemy will set up some counterfeits, but every opportunity does, is not an opportunity of God. You have to ask the shepherd, shepherd, is this an opportunity? Is this a door that you open to me? And if you would humbly come to him, he would gladly tell you yes or no. I've shared this story many times, and it's just so funny, but it's true. I, was, I told you, like I said, y'all have heard this before. I was in a dating relationship. With, well, it wasn't even a dating relationship at this point. But I was just, we were just talking over the phone because we were in different states at the time. And I just, the first time I prayed, I asked the Lord, Lord, is this relationship, is this of you or not? And immediately he responded back, no. Like immediately. I said, well, that's not the Lord. That can't be the Lord. I think I'm going to need to keep pursuing this and praying to see if this truth, because surely you wouldn't say no to this opportunity. And guess what? I stayed in that thing for years. Poison. Counterfeit. Wasn't the real thing. Why? Because I want. Because I want to be in a relationship. It seems good. They're friendly. They're nice. They love the Lord. Counterfeit. It was a counterfeit. That lovely young lady loves the Lord. Counterfeit for my life. And you have to look out, what does God have for me? I don't want the counterfeit. I want the real thing. 
When it comes to your life, you shouldn't want uh, Dr. Pibb. You want the real thing. You want the real thing when it comes to your life. You don't, don't settle for a counterfeit. When we conflict with the shepherding of Jesus, we begin to want things that the shepherd hasn't given us, and we subvert his ability to be the shepherd and to keep us under his protection. When you start doing things that you want to do, you subvent his protection and authority over your life, and you come completely under his protection. And now you're free reign for the predator to get you. And this, well, that's what you say, well, why am I going through all these things? You have to ask yourself, am I under the protection of the shepherd? Because some self-inflicted things can all be as a result of not being under the protection of the shepherd. But when you come under the protection of the shepherd, he can illuminate danger ahead. Warning, warning, danger ahead. I'm the shepherd. Stop. Proceed with caution. And you can stop. And he says, thank you, Lord, for your protection. What is that? Because you're under the shepherd. But we got to get past that. I want. I want. An opportunity or desire comes along. And boy, we jump at it. We can't do that, y'all. We have to ask the shepherd. When opportunities come along, if it seems sometimes it, this, you ever said, it seems too good to be true. Sometimes it could be God. It really can. But sometimes it's a counterfeit. But what you have to do is be a master at saying, I'm not jumping at this until I have a peace from the Lord, whether yes or no. I'm not going to make a move. And we're going to get back. We're going to get into that a little bit. Let's go back to our text. Psalms chapter 23, verse 1 through 3. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. So we always already established that we want. So how do we keep from wanting? How do we keep from wanting? This is the first thing. You can write this down. You're going to learn. You're going to have to learn how to rest in good times so you don't run in good times. You're going to have to learn how to rest in good times so you don't run in good times. You say, well, what does that mean? That doesn't make sense. It says that he makes me lie down in green pastures. What does lie down mean? That means rest. But when things go good, what do you want to do? You want to get up and move and run around. When things are going good, oh, oh, I'm in the favor of the Lord. I'm going to do everything. And we get up and we start running and the Lord says, no, no, no. I need you to lie down and rest. I need you to lie down and to trust me, not to go out and start making things happen on your own. Because when things start going good, we feel like now this is the opportunity. I need to do more. I need to do so much more. Now things are going good. But the Lord says, no, no, no. He makes me lie down, meaning that you're going to have to trust God even if it goes against your own emotions. Even when your emotions say, I need to do this, the Lord says, no, I need you to lie. He makes me lie down. Meaning that I'm going to have to trust him even if it goes against what I feel like I should do. But is Jesus your shepherd? Is he your shepherd? If he's your shepherd, you lie down. He makes me lie down. You have to learn to trust the leading of the shepherd if it goes against your feelings. Your mind, will, and emotions will not lead you down the path of righteousness. It will not do it. Your spirit will lead you. And you're going to have to learn how to lie down and be content and wait on God. We said, well, how long do I have to wait? Until he tells you not to wait anymore. I don't know how long that is. You just have to wait. But that's what the problem. But I want. What's the problem with, with, with being content when, when, when God says to wait is we want. And at some point, the wanting 
gets louder than the being content and waiting on God. And it's a battle of your emotions and your feelings that says, which one is going to win out? Your feelings or emotions or the shepherd? Am I going to allow the shepherd to make me lie down or I'm going to give into emotions and feelings and say, I can't wait on you. I can't be content. I have to jump at this. But he says, he makes me lie down. So we have to learn how to wait and trust on the Lord. It says, he leads me beside still waters. He leads me beside still waters. For thousands of years, the only way that you could look at yourself was in still water because they didn't have mirrors. But they didn't have mirrors back in the day. So the only way that you could really know what you look like is looking. You had to get, go to a body of water that was still or get some water in a bucket and look at it and say, oh, this is what I look like. Oh, hey, how you doing? So the only way you knew what you look like was that still water. So what does this mean for us? This means that God is saying, I need you to get in my presence and be still before me. Because what it does is it makes you realize who you really are. And it lets you see who you really are in God's presence. Still waters. But the reason we don't like to go in still waters is because it's uncomfortable. You get in God's presence and he starts speaking things to you about yourself and you start confronting things about yourself, it gets a little uncomfortable. And you say, who? I don't like this God. And then I get up out of his presence because, or people don't go to church because they know it's going to be uncomfortable because they're going to get confronted with things that they know that they need to change. And so they say, you know what? I'm not going to the still waters because I already know it's going to be uncomfortable. So I'm going to run. And the running, it doesn't help it. It just makes it worse. But if you come to the, to the father, the shepherd, and you say, I'm going to, he leads me beside still waters. I'm going to self-reflect. I'm going to allow his presence to speak clearly to my heart and say, shepherd, what do you see? Shepherd, what inside of me needs to change? And it can be uncomfortable. But we have to get comfortable with allowing the shepherd to lead us to still waters. The more you can go to still waters and allow him to, 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 to look inside your heart and examine your heart, the better you'll be. And the easier it will be to submit to his leading because now you position yourself or you condition yourself to know, I need to go back to the shepherd for the leading of my life. And the more you do that, decisions will become easier. Now things that would take you weeks and months to ponder on, you could, it could be happening in minutes. Nope, I know that's not, the, that's not it. Because the shepherd is leading me. He leads me besides still waters. Verse 3 says, he restores my soul and he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Your soul is like a blanket. Y'all know Linus from, from uh, the Peanuts? Charlie Brown? Linus took that blanket with him everywhere that he went. And everywhere that he went, some of you might, the kids in here, y'all like, I don't know what that is. But there was a, he carried that blanket with him everywhere that he go, and it was a little trail of dust that would follow him in that little blanket. And it was dirty. And it was nasty. And that's how our soul is. It's like that blanket. We, takes our, we take our soul with us everywhere that we go, and our soul gets dragged through the mud. We talked about this a little bit last week. It gets dragged through the ringer. Oh, it gets oh, a little offense, a little hurt, a little betrayal, a little disappointment. And our souls are dirty and our souls need cleansing. But we try to act like I'm okay. I'm good. I got this. 
I'm trying to remember who it was because I, I it was T.D. Jakes. I heard him preach a message uh, this week, and he was talking about um, how when Adam and Eve, when they sinned in the garden and they put the fig leaves on, what they were trying to do was camouflage themselves. And God says, he knew who they were, but he said, Adam, where are you? And he was like, he was saying, Adam, where are you? Because this person with these fig leaves, that's not you. That's the counterfeit you. That's the camouflage you. I want the real you. And what we do is we try to go around like our souls aren't damaged, and it's a camouflage. And then when we come in God's presence, we can't receive him from him because we have our camouflage on. But God said, I'm not looking for the camouflage you. I'm looking for the real you. I'm looking for the hurting you. I'm looking for the broken you. I'm looking for the depressed you. I'm looking for the confused you. I want you to bring that to me because your soul needs cleansing. But we come in God's presence and say, I'm good. I'm blessed and highly favored. I'm ahead and not to tell. I'm above and not beneath. And we quote all the scriptures. But when we go home and lay down at night and our soul is in shambles. But God is saying, I need you to bring my soul. It says, it's, let me go back to the, it says that, uh, he restores my soul. He leads me in paths for righteousness for his name's sake. He wants to lead you in paths of righteousness for his name's sake, but he wants to do it by restoring your soul. He wants to restore your soul. The shepherd says, give me your blanket. Let me cleanse you. Let me heal you. Let me restore you. You don't have to carry around that hurt that guilt, that condemnation, all the things that you feel that you don't have to care. But we try to, I, I just got to hold on real tight and put on a good face because I don't want people to know what I'm going through. And God says, well, I can't touch you. I can't heal you if you're not giving me the real you. But when you come to him in brokenness and say, shepherd, I need you to restore my soul. You know what he's going to do? Restore your soul. He's going to do it because he's the shepherd. Is Jesus your shepherd? That's what we're talking about this morning. I don't want anything that the shepherd has not given me. I don't want anything that the shepherd has not given me. So that's why I constantly ask him, shepherd, is this of you? Because one wrong decision can set you back. All it takes is one. Just like one right decision can spring you forward. It's crazy how that works. One wrong decision can set you back, but one right decision can put you right back in the game. But you have to ask the shepherd, shepherd, are you, is, is, he, actually, is he really leading your life? Is he the shepherd over your life? Are you under his protection or are you doing your own thing? Or are you just throwing him in there every once in a while? Well, I'll give him this area, but not this area. He wants to be the shepherd over it all. Over it all. And when he leads me down his path, in the end, it brings him glory. And when I lead myself down my path, it always is for my glory, but ends in my demise. When I lead down, when I allow him to lead me, it's always for his glory. But when I lead myself down my path, it seems like it's good, but it always ends in my demise. Doesn't that sound just like sin? It's good for a season, but then at some point it comes to a screeching halt. And he's like, I thought I was having fun. Well, yeah, that's what sin does. It, it deceives you. But it's all for your demise because the predator, the devil, he's out there to steal, kill, and destroy. But as sheep, we have to say, I'm under the shepherd's protection. I want Jesus 
to be my shepherd. Amen? Amen. Come on, y'all give the Lord a hand cup of praise this morning. Is he your shepherd? And I just want to take a moment and just ask you just to close your, your, uh, your eyes, bow your head, and let's just reflect a little bit on this message, on the shepherd. You online, I know you're watching, and thank you so much for tuning in with us this morning. And this is just a time to reflect, just to say, Jesus, are you really my shepherd? It should be very clear, yes or no. You know whether or not he's your shepherd in your heart. It should be no confusion. But he wants to be your shepherd. He wants the real you. He don't want the counterfeit you. He don't want the you that you put on at work, the good face, that the, the happy-go-lucky person that, that's not really you, that's hurting on the inside, saying, I wish somebody would really just ask me how I'm doing because I'm doing terrible, but nobody cares about me. The one that the enemy lies to and says, you have no purpose. You have no future. But we mask that. And we say, you know what? I'm strong. I got this. And we still walk around with that camouflage on. But Jesus is saying, I am the shepherd. I want to protect you. I want to lead you. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. That's what the shepherd wants to do. He wants to take that desire for one in a way where you can be content in him. He makes you lie down in green pastures so you can trust him, so you can wait on him. He leads you beside still waters so you can confront issues in his presence, where you can bring things to him in his presence. Oh, and he wants to restore your soul. He wants to restore your soul. And he leads you down paths of righteousness for his name's sake. It's going to always bring his glory. You follow his path, it's going to always bring him glory. And I just want to pray for those today that said, I need more of the shepherds leading in my life. This is not a salvation call. This is right now. I just, I need the shepherd to lead my life. I need more of his leading in my life. If that's you, just lift your hand right now and say, shepherd, I need you. Lord, I thank you right now for every person with their hands raised. I thank you that the heart of the Father would just overwhelm them right now. The heart of the shepherd, the leading of the shepherd, the guiding of the shepherd, the restoring of the shepherd. I thank you right now that we would submit to the leadership of the shepherd. Out of your own mouth, just say, Jesus, you are my shepherd. Jesus, you are my shepherd. I thank you, Lord, that you're the shepherd over our lives. And I thank you right now, Holy Spirit, that we would just die to the wants on the inside of us that cause us to wander away from the leading of the shepherd. The, the selfishness, the, 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 the selfish ambition, 
all the things inside of us that cause us to wander away from your protection and your guidance. Lord, we submit and surrender to that right now. We repent of that right now, and we say we come under the leading of the shepherd. I thank you, Jesus, that you're with us right now, that you're leading us, and that we won't make any decisions without asking you, is this of you, shepherd? Is this opportunity of you, shepherd? Because we want you to lead us down paths of righteousness for your namesake. Not for our glory, not for our namesake, for your namesake. That you be glorified, that you be lifted high, that you be magnified, that it would draw all people unto you. I thank you that you're a good shepherd. Oh, you're a good shepherd. You're such a good shepherd. You're not harsh with us. You're not impatient with us, but you love us. Oh, you love us so much. You love us so much that you gave, down, you gave your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for our sins. The greatest gift that you could ever give your son, you did it for us. The good shepherd. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. And you can keep your head bowed and eyes closed. And I just want to give one more final call. That's for anyone in here that says, man, talking about Jesus as my shepherd, I don't know him as Lord. I don't know him as Savior. The basics, you need to know him as Savior, to know him as shepherd. You can't know him as shepherd if you don't know him as Savior. And I just want to give an opportunity, you watching online, anyone in the room, if I need to know Jesus as Savior, and I need to surrender my life to him today. If that's you with no one looking around, I just want you to lift your hand. I need Jesus as Savior. Amen. Amen. I'm just going to ask everyone just to place their hand on their heart and repeat this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you that you're saving me in this moment. I lay down all sin, all guilt and shame, and I lay it at the foot of the cross right now. I receive your forgiveness, your mercy and grace, and I receive your love. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, y'all give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. <laughs> Hallelujah. If you're in the room and you uh, made that decision to follow God, on the seat back in front of you, there's a card that says, Let, let's connect. On the back of it, it says, I made a decision. You can fill that out and do an offering time. Fill that out, drop it in the bucket uh, on the way out, doing, on, on the way, doing offering time. We'd love to connect with you. Also, if you're online, drop a comment in the comment section. Let us know that you made a decision to follow Christ. We'd love to connect with you. But let's give it up one more time for those that made that decision to follow Christ. Amen. Well, we're about to give in just a moment, and there's a few ways that you could give. You can give online by going to our website at newlifemobile.org. You could go to our app, download the app. Uh, you could download and you can give on the app or you can go to our Facebook page or website for an address and you can mail in a check or money order. Few announcements, Songs of Christmas this Saturday, 3.30 is gonna be great. Songs of Christmas this Saturday, 3.30. We love for you to be here, invite your family and friends. It's gonna be a great time. And then this Sunday, the next day, the 19th, uh, we have our Life Givers Offering. This is a great uh, opportunity to sow, to sow into good soil. To, we're going to be giving to King of, King, Jeru, uh, King of Kings Ministry in Jerusalem. Uh, we've pr been praying for Israel for so many years in this house, 
and we've connected with the ministry there, a local ministry there. We're Pastor Chad Holland, and we're going to be a blessing to them, so you could be a part of that. And also, we're going to give to Wings of Life here in Mobile, which is a uh, rehab, uh, drug rehab facility program where they is faith-based. They preach the gospel. They, it's an awesome program, so we're going to give to that as well. Well, we're going to pray for the offering, and then you guys are dismissed. Lord, I thank you right now for everyone that's giving and preparing to give today. I thank you, Lord God, that the seed fall on good ground. I thank you right now, Lord God, that you bless each and every giver. Bless them and their family. Bless every area of their life. I thank you, Lord, that you're blessing our church and everything that we do. We give you all the glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we love you guys. Hope to see you this uh, Sunday. I'm sorry, this Saturday at 3.30 for Songs of Christmas and also Sunday at uh, 10 for service. We love you guys. Y'all have a great week. Mm -hmm.